How are you guys doing? So Matthew's good. How are you guys doing? Yes. I like it. I like it. Good. Well, I'm super excited you guys are here. We are jumping into a new series called Heart of Worship, basically talking about not only like why we worship, what is worship, um, but we're going to be diving into some like songs that we do here at Garage and kind of the biblical side of it and like why we sing it, not just for like how cool it sounds and things like that, but really looking at what it looks like to be in that heart posture of worship. Before we get into it, I'm just gonna pray for us. I feel like we need it. It's all good, you know, let's just pray. (laughs) Dear Jesus, I just thank you uh, just for these students. I thank you for a time where we get to be wild and crazy, but a time where we get to just sit and hear from you and what you want us to know um, and what you want to speak through your word to us. So I pray that these students, whatever they're thinking about, whatever is distracting them, the things, their phones, people around them, I pray that uh, you would just remove those distractions right now um, in these next few minutes just for them to have open hearts to hear from you and what you want to say to them. We love you, God. Amen. All right, so a little bit about me before we get into it. A little bit about me. When I was younger, growing up, I kind of call myself like the womb Christian because I feel like the Sunday after I was born, I was like in church. Anybody else? Anybody? Yeah. I'm like the womb Christian. That's fine. But anyways, growing up in church, um, we, I was a part of this group that met like after church on Sundays, and it was for like the kids in Sunday school, so like elementary school ages, and basically what we did, it was called kid stuff, kid stuff. Basically what we did was we would listen to different worship songs and like the kid, like BBS worship songs, and then we come up with like different dance routines. I look back on it now and like it was really cool when I was younger, but I look back on it now and I'm like, we literally just created BBS dance songs. That's basically what we did. But Long story short, it was fun. I loved it, it was my favorite thing. It allowed me to still have some idea of Jesus and I was learning more about him and having him in my life. And it was this outreach group that a community of us could be together and we could learn more about Jesus. But the one thing that kind of struck me and that I saw from this was, again, it was a great way to have Jesus present in my life. It was a great way to have people around me But within that, I didn't really get to comprehend the meaning or having this heart of worship posture. I would hear these songs and we would be together learning about him and the things that he was doing in our life, but we didn't get to actually like understand what the songs meant or why we were worshiping or why this was important to our walk with Jesus. I never got to have that heart posture of worship And it made me think that I kept doing that growing up, going to church, and I'd walk into a room at youth group, or I'd walk in to a church service and be worshiping and singing along and uh, trying to be like the best singer or be jumping around when there's hype songs and things like that. But it hit me that I actually wasn't comprehending why I was worshiping or why I was in this room jumping around being crazy. I thought it was just to have fun, to get crazy. And yes, that's part of it. 
Like one of my favorite things is when we're singing I thank God and we're all jumping around, spinning around and getting crazy. But there comes that point where we have to realize that there is this heart of worship posture that we have to have. That when we walk into this room, it's not just we're getting excited about Jesus because the song sounds cool or because the words sound cool or because we have dance moves that we have ready to go knowing that this is how it's going to be. But thinking about these songs and the ways that we're worshiping, and it's not just singing on a stage, but having that heart of worship posture, wanting to worship not because of how the song sounds, but because we know that what the words are saying are true about our God and true about what we want him to do in our life and what he's saying to us and how we can give him the glory. We love worship. And singing's not the only thing. Like, a band getting up here and performing isn't the only type of way we can worship. Usually that's what we think is, like, we're going to go worship God, is we're going to go and sing to him. But there's a lot of different ways to worship. And so kind of a brief definition, worship is uh, giving our entire self, our thoughts and our emotions to God's use. Worship is giving our entire self, our thoughts, and our emotions to God's use. Worship is going at the feet of Jesus and giving him our lives and saying, I surrender this to you. I give this to you. I worship you. I praise you for the things that you're doing in my life. We look at the songs and we think of the song, I Thank God. But are we thinking it towards the dance moves or the things that were coming in this room, being around, surrounded? Or are we thinking about the words and how it's saying, like, I thank you, God, that you picked me up. You turned my life around. That's what it means. And thinking about that with other songs that we're singing, it's not just about how cool it sounds or the words that we're saying. but it's realizing where we're at in our life and how our posture is towards God. You see, it's not just these songs we're singing, but it gets to be this truth that we're proclaiming. That we hear the words of songs and we, we get to realize that like, this is the truth of who God is. This is what he's doing in my life. This is what he is. This is who he is. This is the God that I serve and that I get to worship and glorify. And tonight, uh, this series, we're going to talk about a couple different songs, like I said, and tonight we're going to focus on the song, Good Grace. We've done it a couple times in Garage, but I just, I felt like I was praying about songs that I wanted to do, and I had a couple in mind, but this one just stuck out, and I knew that this is the one I wanted to talk about. Not because of how cool it sounds, not because of the words, not because of who sings it, it makes it sound really cool, but because of the message that it delivers. This idea of God's amazing and beautiful grace. And so I want to take you through this song a little bit, but I also decided I thought it'd be cool if I had like some, some steps that you guys could take 
taking the lyrics of the song into real life action. I have four steps that I wanna take you through that are gonna help you kind of get that idea of what a heart of worship looks like. So the first step is come together. If you know the song, the first verse says, people come together. Strange as neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations of every nation of kingdom come. So people come together. It's realizing that we might all look different. We might all be different people with different names and different looks, and we're all uniquely created by God, but we're all part of one kingdom. We're all part of one blood, of one body of Christ. And it's realizing that, that coming together as a community, you guys have come together in the garage, and you guys have come together to serve God together. And so that's step one, is coming together with other people, realizing that you are one body, one kingdom. In Galatians 3, verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek alike. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Step two is fix your eyes. The next part of the song says, don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Do not fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. So you've come together. You guys are together in this community with other followers, with other people who are chasing after Jesus with you and wanting to make him known to other people. But now it's fixing your eyes on the truth of who he is. I love this verse in this song because it says, fix your eyes on this one truth that God is madly in love with you. Fix your eyes on the truth that he has a plan for you, that he loves you and wants a relationship with you. Fix your eyes on this truth of who he is as your God. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So fix your eyes on the truth. I love if you were at local, Sharon talked about the, the story of Jesus and him going and dying on the cross. And we got to see how it wasn't just this story, this kind of fairy tale that is make-believe, but it's like an actual thing that happened, that you physically wouldn't be sitting here living and breathing if it wasn't for Jesus. And there's so much power in that truth, of fixing your eyes on that truth, that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die such a gruesome death so that you could be sitting in these chairs right now. So we come together, we fix our eyes, and step three is proclaim his truth. We've come together, we've fixed our eyes on his truth. Now it's time to go, and it's time to proclaim his truth to other people, to proclaim his truth over your life and your family's life and your friends' lives and people who don't even know Jesus. 
The song says, Jesus, our redemption, our salvation in his blood. Jesus, light of heaven, friend forever, his kingdom come. First John 2, 17 says, the world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. God doesn't only want you to come together in community with other believers and other Christ followers, but he wants you to step two, fix your eyes on his truth, but then he wants you to go out and he wants you to be disciples and tell people about that truth. To proclaim it, to be confident in knowing that he is your redemption and your salvation. And the final step, probably the most hardest step to take, Step number four is just receiving his good grace. Receiving God's good grace. And I say this is probably the hardest one for me especially because I feel like it's easy for me to come into a community. It's easy for me to come to church. When I'm at church, it's easy for me to kind of fix my eyes on his truth and his word. And for me, it's, it's a little bit easier to tell people about him, like that's what I'm doing right now. But for me, receiving his good grace is the hardest step. Why? Because I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times I don't feel like good enough. I don't feel worthy enough to receive his grace. And maybe for you, you can relate to that in a way that you've done things in your life that you're not proud of, that there's been things that you've said or done behind people's backs, or you've hurt people, or you've lied, or you've run away from God, or you've been angry with God. And so how could he ever forgive you? Or how could he ever give you grace? And receiving that is is hard. But I was looking up uh, this song, Good Grace, and kind of seeing how, why the people who wrote it, what their mindset was going into the song. And Taya, who is the main worship leader of Hillsong, she talks about this, and she talks about how it's this idea of no matter what, no matter where, that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the lies that you've believed from the enemy, no matter what the world has told you, no matter the things that you have done in your past, God's grace is available. God's grace is good and he's wanting you to come to him and receive that grace. He knows it's not going to be easy. He knows it's going to be hard. But it's available to everyone. I read this Instagram post the other day, and it talked about how God doesn't count the amount of times we gossip or count the amount of times we lie or the amount of times that we smoke or drink. He doesn't count the amount of times we sin. But what he does count is the amount of times that we call out to him. The amount of times that we say we need God. That we need his grace. We need his forgiveness. 
And that's what I want you guys to understand is that he's not counting the amount of times that you screw up or the amount of times that you walk away from him or that you run away from him. He's counting the amount of times you come back, the amount of times that you say, I need my God, I need his forgiveness, I need his grace. And he's not saying no when you come back. He's saying, here you go. But you have to first be willing to receive it and accept his good grace. Now, I want to kind of show you guys a little illustration to kind of show you all of this. Um, So I have, well, first of all, I have this green bin. That's really ugly, but... Hold on. All right. So I got a bowl. It's a really big bowl. I am first going to imagine, I want you to imagine, that this, this is your life. This is my life. This is your life. All the things. I'm going to put it in here so it doesn't get wet. Now, I have a bunch of ping pong balls in here. And I want you to imagine these ping pong balls are things like your sins. So, like, addictions, drama, toxic people, maybe, uh, like, lies that the world has told you, that you're not good enough, any guilt or shame you felt, feeling like you're too far gone, whatever the case may be. So, this is your life, this is the lies, this is all the negative connotations you felt in your life. And maybe you're feeling right now, maybe you felt in the past. But why I show you this is because I feel like this is such a representation of my life where I'm trying to walk into church and try and get myself like cleaned up or figured out. And trying to worship or trying to be filled with the Spirit and filled with His grace and His hope but there's no room because I've filled it with the enemy's lies and I've filled it with the world and I've filled it with all of these negative things. And so maybe for you, you're in that state or you're in that season where maybe you don't even feel like God is real or you're doubting him or you've run away too many times and you're feeling all of these things and the enemy's really getting to you with all of these lies and so you try to come to church and to fill yourself back up and you, you see everybody worshiping around the room and you see people coming to Jesus. And you're wondering why this isn't happening to you. But God's saying, come to me. Receive my grace, receive my forgiveness. And what happens when we say, okay, I want to be filled with you, your spirit, your truth, your grace. Then our lives become filled more with him. And it's not that we don't still have those things, because we will, we'll still have doubts, we'll still have things that stress us out or things like running away from Jesus. But we'll see in our life that it's more filled with the Holy Spirit, more filled with truth and hope and grace and forgiveness.
Sorry, y'all. So I'll show you that. I mean, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, but I'll show you that because I want you to understand that his grace is available to you. It's easy to, for a pastor or a preacher or someone to say that on stage and for you to be like, well, not me. It's not available for me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I came from before this. You don't know the things I was doing or what I'm going to go and do after this. You just don't know. But God knows. And he is saying to you, it's available to you if you'll receive it. If you want your life to just be filled up to the brim with lies and negative things, okay, you can live that way. And you can try to come here and not even have anything to do with God or not even want him to do anything in your life. And you just walk out the door the same way you came in. That's fine. But imagine what your life would look like if you were filled with his truth and his grace and his spirit. And that you could walk in these doors and go into worship and understand why everybody else is is worshiping and has this heart of worship, this genuine heart. Why they have their hands raised, not because the song sounds interesting or it sounds cool or the band's doing a really good job, but because they know who their God is and who they're worshiping and why it matters in their life. And when we can have our hearts and our minds full of his spirit and his grace and his hope and his truth, that's how we get to that heart of worship. That's how we get through this life and this world. We need Jesus. We need his grace, his good grace. In a few minutes, we're going to actually sing good grace. It would be kind of dumb if we didn't. And I want you guys to think about these four steps that we talked about. Maybe in this song, you, you don't even stand up to sing. Maybe you, you, you come together with some people and you pray. Or maybe you get close with some people and you just you listen to the words. You don't even, you don't even say them out loud. Because it doesn't matter what you sound like. It doesn't matter if you say the words. It just matters if you're, you're getting into that heart and that posture. So take the next few minutes. Come together. Fix your eyes on this one truth. He's madly in love with you and wants you to come to him. And walk out of this door and go proclaim it. The experiences that you have in this room with him. And when hard things happen, when you feel the shame and the guilt, know that you can receive his grace because it's available to you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you. Thank you that you're a God who isn't a God of shame, 
isn't a petty God who counts our mistakes or shames us when we make a mistake, but you're a God who gives us free grace, who just wants a relationship. And it feels like we make it so complicated in our minds that you're more than that that we have to be cleaned up, that we have to have it all together before we can receive your grace. But you say, no, just come to me. Just want me in your life and I'm gonna give you life. I'm gonna give you hope and peace. And that's my prayer for these students. that they would come to have this heart of worship. That it wouldn't just be these songs that we sing, but this truth that we proclaim. We love you, God. Planet